So we'll take our Bibles and turn, if you would, to Luke chapter number 8. Luke chapter 8. Thank you, ladies, for that great song. He left it all. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the Father in heaven. Praise God that he was willing to set it all aside for us. Luke chapter number 8, beginning with verse number 1. Let's all stand as we read God's word to give reverence and respect to the word of God. Luke chapter 8, beginning with verse 1. And it came to pass that afterward that he went throughout every city and village, preaching and showing the glad tidings of the kingdom of God. And the twelve were with him. And certain women, which had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities, Mary called Magdalene, out of whom went seven devils, and Joanna, the wife of Chusa, Herod's servant, and Susanna, and many others, which ministered unto him, of their substance. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you today that we can uh, minister to you, and Lord, I pray that the songs that we sing, that the prayers that we offer, that the word that is preached is pleasing in your sight. And Father, today I pray that you would be with us and help us, Lord, to do that which is right and pleasing unto you. God, we want to lift up your son Jesus, and we want him to be magnified. Lord, there's folk all around the world that do not know Jesus as their Savior. Lord, I pray that today their hearts would be open to him. He's the great Savior. He's the only Savior. And Father, I pray that folk that may not know him as their Savior might come to him today and understand that they can have a relationship with you through the person of your Son, Jesus Christ. I thank you, Lord, for saving me. Lord, I pray that you'd guide my words and thoughts today. May Jesus, the Savior, be lifted up high today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you. you. may be seated. William Carey, who was called the father of modern missions, served the Lord in India for many years. He gradually became very concerned about the attitude of his son Felix, the young man had promised to become a missionary, but when the time came, he reneged on his vows when he was appointed ambassador to Burma by the Queen of England. Carey wrote to his friend asking prayer for his son with these words, Pray for Felix. He has degenerated into an ambassador of the British government when he should be serving the King of Kings. Folks, you know, to do less than to serve the Lord is to go down in estimation of the Lord. The Apostle Paul looked at serving the Lord as a very special and precious privilege. In 1 Thessalonians 2, 4, Paul said this, But as we were allowed of God to be put in trust with the gospel, even so we speak, not as pleasing men, but God which trieth our hearts. Paul realized that he was allowed of God. It's a privilege to serve the Lord. It is a privilege to serve Jesus Christ, our Savior. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 9 says, Paul said this, he says, For we are laborers together with Christ. Laboring together with Christ. 
Serving the Lord to the Apostle Paul was not something which should be taken lightly. In fact, he said in 1 Corinthians 4, 1 and 2, he says, Let a man so account of us as of the ministers of Christ, the stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. When we serve the Lord, we ought to do it with, our very, with the very best that we have, the best of our ability. We ought to serve the Lord out of a heart of love for the Lord Jesus Christ and not out of duty. In our text, we find several ladies tonight, several individuals who serve the Lord. What can we learn from these folk who ministered unto the Lord? First of all, I want you to notice we consider this theme today. Are you ministering unto the Lord? Notice the Lord had touched the lives of these ladies and they sought for a way to express their love back to the Lord. Read this portion of Scripture with me once again here in Luke chapter 8, beginning with verse number 1. And it came to pass that afterward that he, speaking of Jesus, went throughout every city and village, preaching and showing the glad tidings of the kingdom of God, and the twelve were with him. Talk about the twelve disciples. And, every, and certain women, which had been healed of all evil spirits and infirmities, Mary, called Magdalene, out of whom went seven devils. And Joanna, the wife of Chusa, uh, Herod's steward, and Susanna, and many others, which ministered unto him of their substance. As we consider this portion of Scripture today, we are uh, introduced to three ladies. Jesus is out going from city to city, place to place, and he's preaching and teaching the Word of God. The most important thing for us to understand as Christians here, as we're looking at this, uh, the, the food that we have spiritually is the preaching of the Word of God. This book is the Word of Life. Jesus Christ is that Word. He was the Word made flesh. And, the, and what we need as Christians is we need spiritual food. Now, how many like desserts all the time? Boy, you know, if you, you know, desserts are good. Chocolate cream pie is good, and chocolate chip cookies are great. But, you know, there are times when we just need a, a good steak. Uh, mashed potatoes and gravy and, and homemade bread and, and good salad to go along with that. You want some good food to just sink your teeth into. All of a sudden, some of you got awake when I started mentioning food. Your eyes started growing. Folks, may I share with you that the, we need spiritual food. This is the, the spiritual food that you and I, that we need. I don't know about you. I would not like to eat once a week. Say, Pastor, how, what do you mean? Well, you know, if you ate once a week, you could probably survive for a while on that. But you'd come in with sunken cheeks after a while, and you wouldn't have a pot belly after a while, and you wouldn't have, you know, you, you'd just be kind of moving around and getting, as you say, well, I just can't hardly got enough energy to get through because I don't have enough food, I don't have enough energy. But you know what? We'll do that spiritually speaking. Jesus he said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. The most important thing for you and for me is the preaching of God's word and hearing it, and not just hearing it, but doing what God has said. And as Jesus went everywhere doing his Father's work, preaching and teaching and healing uh, along the way, uh, many were touched by Jesus' uh, love and by his work. Here in this portion, we find three ladies in particular that were mentioned who had been healed of infirmities and evil spirits 
that had been cast out of him. Notice, first of all, we are introduced to Mary called Magdalene. Mary, that name means their rebellion. Their rebellion. You know, names uh, are interesting in the scriptures. Many times, as you look at the names of people, it's an indication of their character. Uh, we think of, uh, you think of Jacob. His name was called uh, Jacob. That name Jacob means surplanter. Uh, he was one who, uh, he was a heel gripper uh, of his brother Esau when he came out. That's why he was named, he was named Jacob. He was a deceiver. He was one that, you know, he always tried to get the upper hand. But God changed his name one day to Israel, Prince. Why? Because he wrestled with God and he wouldn't let God go until God answered his prayer. Folks, you know, that's important. My name is Philip. Philip means lover of horses. Now, I like horses. I can't really say I'm a lover of horses. I've been launched off of some horses. And uh, that's why I don't really have, you know, have that really good love for a horse. Some people say, you know, boy, you just got to have a good horse and be out there and ride that horse. Yeah, amen. Praise God. Everybody's got different ideas, don't we? Yeah, some of them got different, you know. Um, but uh, names mean something. Here, Mary means their rebellion. Magdalene uh, means a tower. Uh, Mary was from Magdala, a small town of Galilee in the western shore of the Sea of Galilee between Capernaum and Tiberias. Here, as we look at Mary Magdalene, the Bible says in verse number 2 that seven devils were cast out of her. You know, we uh, wonder today, is there such thing as demon possession? There is. Just as a person can receive Jesus Christ as their Savior and the Spirit of God comes to live inside them, a person can give themselves over to Satan. And they can worship Satan and can have demons come into them. Here in this particular lady, she was demon, had been demon-possessed. Seven demons had inhabited her life. Uh, this word uh, Devils, that's translated here, it's the word demonion. It means evil spirits or the messengers, the ministers of the devil. She was a woman who was bound by sin and under Satan's control. Before she was saved, she was filled with the lust of her father, the devil. As Jesus said in 8, uh, John 8, 44, Jesus said, you are of your father, the devil, the lust of your father ye will do. You say, well, pastor, what's the lust of... What does that lust mean? That means earnest desire. The Bible says that Satan was a murderer from the beginning. As I shared this morning in Sunday school, we see all sorts of people that are murdering people all across America. They talk about these different things. Well, who is behind all this? Satan. The Bible says the whole world lieth in the wicked one. He is the one who's energizing the thinking and the direction of this world. Satan is the one who's encouraging people to go and shoot and to maim and to kill. Uh, that's what he does. He's a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth because there is no truth in him. There's no truth in Satan. He's a liar and the father of it. When people lie today and you hear so much lying, people don't even, can't even tell the difference of the truth. They don't, even, they don't even know what the truth is. It's what they make up. That's their truth for them right now. Can I tell you something? There is a truth. And the Word of God exposes what is truth and what is error. And when you and I, when we, when we study the Word of God, we will be able to understand and discern between truth and error. When people are telling the truth and telling lies, 
Uh, God says, as a Christian, we're supposed to tell the truth. You and I, we're supposed to tell the truth. Let, it, let us speak every man truth to his neighbor. You're supposed to speak the truth. You're supposed to be honest and just. And so here, before, uh, before Mary uh, Magdalene here in this portion, before she received Jesus as her Savior, she was following uh, the direction of Satan. But when Jesus came into her, her life changed. 2 Corinthians 5, 17, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature, a new creation. Old things are passed away. Oh, that old way of life, that old lying and cheating and stealing, that's the old way of life. Behold, all things are become new. Jesus Christ gives us a new life. And here Mary Magdalene, she no longer wanted to serve herself and the desires of her life. She wanted to serve the one who had set her free, the Lord Jesus Christ. We are introduced to another lady. Her name is Joanna, the wife of Chusa, uh, Herod's steward. Look here in this portion of Scripture. It says in, in verse uh, number 3, it says, And jo uh, Joanna, the wife of Chusa, Herod's steward. You say, well, what is, uh, what is that? Well, Chusa was the steward of Herod Antipas. Her name means whom Jehovah graciously given. When she looked at this child, when the parents looked at the child, God graciously gave that child to them. You know, may I share with you that God says that children are a heritage from the Lord. They're a gift to God. I know some parents, they look at their children and say, well, man, I'll tell you, I look at all the responsibilities of, of rearing a children. You've got you to you provide a place for them to, to live, and, and they eat you out of house and home, I'm telling you right now. And you can't hardly keep them in clothes. You know, those kids, they just grow, and they grow, and they grow. And, you know, I'd watch, uh, I'd watch my, my kids, and sometimes they'd be out there playing, and they'd drag their, their tennis shoes. And I'm thinking to myself, wait a minute, they're dragging their tennis shoes. They're going to wear out the holes in the tennis Look, they need to start walking like normal people, like an adult, you know. Uh, you know, don't, don't walk that way because you're, you're costing them money. Folks, can I tell you something? Children are a blessing from God. Every one of the children are a blessing from God. Now, there's some of them that really try that, don't they? I'm telling you. I mean, they, they look to get into mischief. They look to get into trouble. They, look, they, they, they just want to, they just got that curiosity. They want to try different things. And boy, I tell you what, you turn your back for a moment, and they're, they're gone someplace doing something that you know that they probably shouldn't be doing. Uh, but can I tell you, God says that they're a blessing given to you from God. They're precious. And you know what? They're only on loan to you. Some people look at their children and they look at it this way. They, you know what? Uh, my children, I'll do with them whatever. Can I tell you? They are only on loan to you for a short amount of time. God has looked at you as an as a, a, a individual that needs to help to shape, to mold a life. And God's given you some time, some short years. Years just kind of fly by, don't they? I'm telling you, when they get two and three, sometimes you say, boy, it seems like it takes forever for them to grow up and to be able to do things for themselves. But then as they start moving up pretty soon, the time just flies by, and then they're gone. It behooves us to use the time wisely. When they looked at Joanna, they thought, boy, Jehovah has graciously given her but you remember what 
this portion of Scripture said, of these ladies who served the Lord. Let's go back and consider it once again. And certain women which had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities. Something we know about these three ladies, they were healed of evil spirits and infirmities. We don't know whether this woman, Joanna, had been healed of evil spirits. We don't know if it was an infirmity. But we know that Jesus did something that touched her life. And she was a person, because of that, she wanted to serve the Lord. When the Master takes control of our life, it changes our desire. It changes our direction. Notice the next one, the, the uh, third lady there was Susanna. Her name means a lily. There's no other information given about her, but we know that she followed the Lord Jesus Christ and ministered. She went with these group of ladies who wanted to just serve the Lord. Serve the Lord. You know, these three ladies, and the Bible says there are many others, God doesn't mention all their names. But they ministered unto the Lord. These ladies sought to show their love for the Lord. They ministered unto him. They ministered unto him. In Matthew chapter 20, verse 28, it says, Even as the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. You know, Jesus didn't come to earth to sit back and let others serve him. He came to serve others. The song that the lady sang, he left it all to come to, to the earth to die on Calvary for us. Jesus gave it all. The Lord still had needs because he was here in a physical body. Needs that must be met. And these ladies banded together to minister to the Lord. You know, it's a wonderful blessing to work with others who love the Lord. A couple years ago, when the young people went to camp, they needed some help working at camp to do cooking. And they asked Tawny and I if we would, if we'd be willing to cook. Hey, it's been a long time since I've worked in a, in a cook situation like that. And, and uh, Sue, I appreciate so much the cooking that you used to do, you know, the different restaurants and stuff like that that you guys had and, and those different things. But uh, you know, cooking for young people, uh, they said, well, Phil, we can get, we'll give you a job. I said, what, just tell me what you want me to do. So they had Tawny making eggs in this big, I'm telling you, when you talk about eggs, they had one of these big egg cookers. Man, it wasn't crack and just, you know, put it in a little pan and stuff like that. They had a big, huge griddle, and you just put this stuff on there, and it made a whole bunch of, they said, here, you can make pancakes. They gave me pancakes. They put, they put me on this, on this griddle, it was hot in certain places and cold in certain places. And so you had to figure out, if you put the, the, the pancakes in that certain spot too long, it would burn them. And you put them over here, it'd take forever for them to cook. So you had to keep constantly moving these pancakes around. By the end of the week, I had it down. But boy, I tell you what, making pancakes for like 60, 70 people uh, in, a, in a whack, you, you, you learn some things. Making hamburgers. Oh, that's easy when you just put them all on, but you've got to make sure they don't get burnt because some of those, we had some burnt offerings. Um, but we got a chance to serve, and we got a chance to laugh. We got a chance to, to be excited about the things of the Lord. We are doing something for God. 
It's, an, it's a, a wonderful thing to be able to go and to serve the Lord with people who love serving the Lord. Now, serving the Lord with people who don't love serving the Lord is something different. Oh, I wish I'd never have to do this. I hate doing this. This is disgusting. I don't like serving the Lord. They're they making me out here. Well, as a boy, when I was growing up, the motto of our church was a church of active faith. I didn't know what that meant. But we had a camp day, and all the people who wanted to help out the church and help out the things of God could go to camp. And so they'd give us a free breakfast, and they'd give us a free lunch. And a, But the one thing that I didn't know is that you had to work for the free breakfast and the free lunch. So it really wasn't free. I think it was slave labor is what they were trying to get off without. But anyhow, we were out there, and they, they were trying to fix the camp up, and they were trying to get it all ready. And this place had a whole bunch of rocks. It was kind of like Montana. But uh, uh, it, it had rocks everywhere. So we started picking up rocks. I mean, we picked up rocks, and we picked up rocks, and we picked up, and we filled buckets, and we filled buckets, and, and we were doing that. You know, it's okay for 15 minutes. That's okay. Then it got into be half an hour. Then it got into be an hour. Then it got to be an hour and a half. And I'm saying, well, this is getting kind of old. You know, young people, we, we want to move on. Let's do something else. We, we, did, we did rock picking up for like three hours. And I went up to my dad, and I said, Dad, you know what I, I, I learned on this? He says, what's that, son? That model that we have, a church of active faith, I think they want us to work. <laughs> Said, You know what? If anything is going to be done that's worth, uh, that's of any benefit, it requires work. If the, if the town of Stevensville is going to be one for Jesus Christ, it's going to be... Re it's going to require people that are willing to work and to go out in the harvest field and tell people about Jesus Christ. If you're going to want to, to become a spiritual uh, person, it's going to require work for you to get in the Word of God and to study and to spend time in God's Word. It requires work. But it's wonderful to be around people who want the same thing who want to exalt the Lord, who want to lift up the Lord, to be able in some small way to, to do something for Jesus. These ladies wanted to be a blessing to the Lord. They didn't have to serve. They were willing to serve. I was reading an article, and it, it was uh, uh, by Dr. Uh, Rasmussen, who was here this summer, and he was talking about the difference between being a uh, volunteer and being a servant. There's a world of difference between the two. A volunteer is, I'll volunteer for the work, but I am in control of the time and how long and what I do and what I won't do. A servant, on the other hand, is, yes, Lord, I hear, and whatever you say, I will do. My time is not my own. There are no limitations. I will do what you want me to do. I will be your servant. So there's a lot of people today that want to, to uh, the work of God to go forward, but they don't want to be a servant. Oh, they'll volunteer for a little bit, but when I get tired or when things get rough, then all of a sudden I want to lay down my arms and stop. But I submit to you when Jesus Christ, when the Father, asked, when the Father said, Son, I need you to go down and die on the cross and endure the cross. And remember, he went to the Father and he said, Father, let this cup pass for me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. He surrendered to the will of the Father. 
and went all the way to the cross. Folks, that's what God wants for us, to be servants. How do you feel about serving the Lord? Do you serve out of duty or out of love? Do you look at it as a privilege or a burden which you'd rather not bear? Every opportunity to serve is an opportunity to show your love for the Lord. A lot of us have had a lot of opportunities, but we've turned those down. Somebody's put it this way. There's really only two decisions in life. God's will or mine. That's what it boils down to. Do I want to please my Heavenly Father? Do I want to serve Him? Or do I want to serve me? It's what all of your decisions, all of mine get down to. Just two decisions. One of two. I pray that we would focus and say, hey Lord, I want to serve you. I want you to be blessed. Notice the second thing that we see here about these ladies who served the Lord. It required effort to minister unto the Lord. Back here in Luke chapter 8 and verse 3, and it says, And Joanna, the wife of Chusa, Herod's uh, steward, and Susanna, and many others, which ministered unto him of their substance. That word ministered, it, it's the idea of one who executes the, uh, the commands of another, a waiter, one who serves food and drink. These ladies had to put forth some, some effort in order to serve the Lord. They didn't sit back while others served. They served the Lord. They all pitched in. You know, it's, it's exciting to watch the ladies work over in the, in the um, kitchen area. On Wednesday night when they're preparing the food for the kids, uh, they're over there and they're, they're having a good time and they're talking and they're, they're, sometimes they're doing mac and cheese and sometimes they're doing, uh, what else do they do? Hot dogs and they're doing all these things and the, and the kids aren't there yet. They're having a good time and, uh, about you know, serving the Lord. And it's just, it's working together. There's joy in serving Jesus. Sometimes the ladies are over there decorating. Sometimes the guys are out mowing the lawns and, and doing the edging. And there's joy in serving the Lord. That's serving the Lord. That's serving the Lord. We ought not to be the group that is content to sit back and let others do the work. You'll never experience the joy of serving until you get in and work. Now, today, I understand in our society, people hate work. Some of you might remember uh, that TV program many, many years ago. They had a guy on there, his name was Maynard. And uh, he was kind of a beatnik type guy. And every time when it came, he, he just wanted to sit and meditate and think and play his guitar and do things like And then when somebody say, work, he, you know, he couldn't even get that word out there. Hey, that's how people are today. We don't want to work. Hey, it's time for us as Americans to realize America was built upon hard work. We need to get back to working. We need to realize that if we will not work, neither should we eat. These are biblical principles that God has in his word. And the reason that God built this nation and allowed this nation to prosper is because we built it on biblical principles, which are right and true, and we've come away from those. We need to get back to them again. 
John chapter 13, turn with me if you would to John chapter 13, verse 16. John chapter 13. Jesus is talking to his disciples and he's trying to encourage them about this thing called the Christian life. Here, Jesus has just washed the feet of the disciples. And a lot of people, when they get saved, they think, well, I got saved, I got my life insurance, I'm on my way to heaven, I know that for sure, and that's all I've got to do, that's all that, that God requires of me. Boy, folks, you have not understood what Christian life is all about. The Christian life starts when you get saved. And now we start taking the principles of God and applying it to our life and helping us to... to Understand that there is a way that, please, uh, that pleases God. There is a way that pleases man. The Bible says in the end there are the ways of death. But there's a way that pleases God. And that is not living for yourself. It's living for God and living for others. And here Jesus who was the King of kings and the Lord of lords came down to earth. And he's washing the feet of his disciples. Hey, he even washed Judas Iscariot's feet one who's going to betray him in just a little bit. And in verse number 16, look what it says in this portion in John 13. Verily, verily, I say unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord, neither is he that sent him greater than, uh, excuse me, greater, excuse me, neither is he that is sent greater than he that sent him. If ye know these things, happy are ye if ye do them. We are the servants. He is the Lord. We call him the Lord Jesus Christ because he is Lord. But you know what? Some Christians have never made him Lord. They accept him as Savior, but they've never made him Lord because, see, when he's Lord of your life, then he calls the shots. He tells you what to do. He tells you how to live. And you say, yes, Lord, and do what he says. Today, I ask you the question, is Jesus your Lord? He may be your Savior, but is he your Lord? Your life will reflect if that fact if he is your Lord. Jesus was a servant to others. He worked. If we followed in his steps, in Jesus' steps, we must do as he did. And Jesus said in verse 17, if ye know these things, happy are ye if ye what? Do them. Folks, we're supposed to love one another. Well, that was Jesus. That's not what I'm going to do. Well, if you're a follower of Jesus, if you know Jesus is your Savior, you're to love others as he did. He loved the thief on the cross. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. He loved the people that were crucifying him. I submit to you today that the Lord loves people. Do you love people? Do you care about people? Brother Randy, we have somebody back there who's trying to get in. Do you love people? Do you care about people? If you're following in Jesus' footsteps, you need to do what the Lord would have, follow in his footsteps. Are you being a blessing? Are you serving? Jesus served others. He went about doing good. What do you mean doing good? <laughs> well, as he looked for opportunities to do something kind and good to people, that's what he did. Do you look for opportunities 
to be kind and to do good things for others? Or do you just kind of focus on and have tunnel vision? Hey, it's all about me and what I want, and this is what my life is all about, and I'm just going to live, I'm just going to live right here uh, to, to do what I want to do, and I don't care what anybody else, anybody else's needs. It doesn't matter. It's me. Folks, that is not what the Christian life is all about. It's living for others. The weak, those that are weak, we're supposed to strengthen those people who are weak. Those people that are struggling, we're supposed to come alongside and to be a help. And, to, and Jesus said, when you've done it unto the least of these, my brethren, you've done it unto me. I wonder how many opportunities have we missed because we're too busy consumed upon ourselves. There are many who are missing out on the joy of the Christian life because they refuse to serve the Lord and others. How much effort have you expended this week in serving Jesus? Well, Pastor, you know what? I did all these things over here. I'm asking you a question, though. How much of all the time of the things that you did this past week, how much of the time did you spend on serving Jesus and serving others? How much effort did you expend this week on serving yourself? I wonder if we spend more time on ourselves than we do on the Lord. Well, he understands. All of us have 24 hours in a day. By and by, when I look on his face, beautiful face, wonderful face, by and by, when I look on his face, I wish... I had given him more. Say, Pastor, I don't want you to cause me to think about those things. Well, I'm trying to encourage you. I'm the watchman on the wall for you. The time is going to be done for all of us one day. And one day you'll stand before the Lord and give an account of your life. And you'll have to give an account of the things that have done, been done in this body, whether good or bad how you spent your time, how you've ministered your time, or you've used your time. Well, pastor, you know what? Well, I had the, these big things here. I built this house. I had all these things here. Yep, Jesus says, well, what did you do for me? Well, I didn't have time to get that, work that into my schedule. I tell you, that day when you stand before the Lord, you're going to wish you'd given him more. You can only change that by changing your thinking now. We will be tomorrow what we start putting into our life today. How are you serving the Lord? How are you serving others? I want you to notice the third thing, and that's this. These ladies ministered out of their material goods. Go back to Luke, if you would, Luke chapter 8 and verse 3. <clears throat> Luke chapter 8 and verse 3. Luke chapter 8 and verse 3. And Joanna, the wife of Chusa, Herod's steward, and Susanna, and many of the others, notice, which ministered unto him out of their substance. The word substance here is the possessions, the goods, the wealth, the, the, the property. They ministered to the Lord out of the possessions which the Lord had given him. Someone has said, when the Lord truly gets a hold of our heart, he gets a hold of our pocketbook as well. Interesting thought. God gets a hold of our pocketbook. 
Someone else said you, you uh, can give without loving, but you can't love without giving. You know, there's all sorts of charities that we hear about. Save the whale, help end poverty and the hunger in the earth. And people, they make it sound good, and people give. But how much do we give the Lord of our time, our talents, talents, our resources? How much do we give God? I think of Mark chapter 12, verses 41 through 43. It says, and Jesus sat over against the treasury. He's talking about the place there at the temple. And he sat over against the treasury and, the, and beheld how the people cast money into the treasury. And many that were rich cast, cast in much. And there came a certain poor widow and she threw in two mites, about a fourth of a cent, which was a farthing. And he called unto him his disciples and said unto them, Verily I say unto you that, that this poor widow hath cast, in, cast more in than all they which have cast into the treasury, for all they did cast into their abundance. But she of her want did cast in all that she had, even all her living. Well, how's God going to take care of her if she cast in those two, two mites? She's not going to have any food. How's God going to take care of me? That's a good question. David said this. He said, I've been young and am now old, and yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory through Christ Jesus. God's going to supply your need, and as Paul, as I've said before in, in Philippians, when he says that in Philippians 4.19, he's saying that because the Philippian believers had gathered together and had given to the work of the Lord and, and had sent time and again to help the Apostle Paul as he's trying to win others for Jesus Christ. And that's why he says, my God, because you did this, my God shall supply all your need. Some people feel it this way. God I'm a child of yours, and so you just, uh, you know, I'm just going to rub on you like a, like a genie on a, on a bottle, and you just give me my stuff. I'm not going to give to you, but you give to me. That's not how it works, dear friends. This widow woman, she gave sacrificially all she had to the Lord. You know, the problem with so many today as Christians it's not that we don't know what the Lord wants or what the Lord expects. It's just that we're not willing to do what the Lord expects. It's a matter of our will. Sacrificially, surrendering our life to the Lord. These ladies, they went from place to place. They wanted to minister to the Lord. They took of what they had in order to meet the needs of the Lord. David Livingston was a Scottish missionary statesman and explorer. He spent 33 years in the heart of Africa. And because of David Livingston giving up of his life, it opened the door to missionaries being able to go to that place of Africa. This godly missionary once remarked, people talk of sacrifice that I have made in spending so much of my life in Africa. 
Can that be called a sacrifice which is simply payback as a small part of a great debt owing to our God, which we can never repay? It is emphatically no sacrifice. Say, rather, it is a privilege. Anxiety, sickness, suffering, or danger, now and then with a foregoing of the common conveniences and charities of this life may make us pause and cause the spirit to waver and the soul to sink. But let this only be for a moment. All these are nothing when compared with the glory which shall hereafter be revealed in and for us. I never made a sacrifice. Of this we ought not to talk when we remember that great sacrifice which he made who left his father's throne on high to give himself for us. That little widow gave voluntarily, just like those other women. They gave voluntarily. They gave willingly. In 1995, the nation was stunned when news broke of an elderly woman named Osla uh, McCarty. She donated $150,000 to the University of uh, Southern Mississippi for a scholarship fund. This 87-year-old woman was forced to drop out of school in the sixth grade in order to help her family. For more than 60 years, she made a living washing clothes for hire in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, saving as much as she could from her meager pay. She wanted others to have the opportunity that she did not have. She was willing to give all that money that she had saved up all those years to those folks. Luke 7, verse 47 says, Wherefore I say unto thee, Her sins, which are many, are forgiven. For she loved much, but to whom little is forgiven, the same loveth little. Jesus was talking there of a woman who came. And when Jesus was at the house of a Pharisee having a meal, this woman came in and she washed Jesus' feet. The Pharisee looked at her and said, man, if Jesus only knew who she was, wouldn't have anything to do with her. She's a sinner. And Jesus said, well, let me ask you. If you were give, forgiven a large debt or a small debt, who do you think would appreciate you more? And in the Pharisee said, well, the one who forgave me the large debt. He says, absolutely. He says, you see this woman here. Or he says, well, you know, he told the Pharisee, he said, when I came into your house, you... You, you didn't wash my feet. But since I came in, she has not ceased to wash my feet. And to, he says, you know, when it was customary when you come into a house to give a person a kiss on the cheek just to show that you love them, you care about them. He says, when I came in, you didn't give me that. But she has not ceased to kiss my feet. Because, see, the person who has those sins and they know how great a, great a Savior they have. There's much love. That you don't think that you need a Savior. That's why you don't love me very much. Folks, I wonder if we've forgotten how great a Savior we have. 
a Savior who's loved us. We're a, we're a sinner saved by grace. That's all. It's only by His mercy. What have we given to the Lord late, lately? Some say, well, I used to give. <laughs> yeah, but our Christian life ought not to be past history. That ought to be current events. What have you given to the Lord lately? How have you served the Lord late, lately? What have you done this last week for Jesus Christ? You know, you get out of the, you get out of the habit, don't you? Well, I used to serve. I used to teach. I used to, to cook uh, meals for the, the kids. I used to go do, uh, drive a bus. I used to sing in the choir. I used to, I used to, well, what, what, about, what are you doing lately? What have you done for the Lord lately? Well, I'm a businessman. It doesn't matter. What have you done for the Lord? We can still be a Christian and be a businessman. God can use us to be a businessman for Christ. There needs to be Christian businessmen for Christ. How is our love for the Lord? Let me ask you today as we conclude, are you ministering unto the Lord? How are you demonstrating your love for Jesus? How are you seeking to minister to others today? The first two Scottish missionaries that went to the New Hebrides Islands were killed and eaten by cannibals the first day that they came to the islands. And because of that, it, pro it, it proved very difficult to get missionaries to want to go back to those islands. After some time, John Patton agreed to go. A well-meaning person in the church, a man came up to him and he said, uh, an elderly man, he said, don't you know that if you go to those islands where those guys were, you're going to be eaten of cannibals? Patton replied, well, I confess to you, if I, if I can but live and die serving and honoring the Lord Jesus, it will make no difference to me whether I am eaten by cannibals or by worms. And in the great day of my resurrect, uh, resurrection body will arise as fair as yours in the likeness of our risen Savior. After 15 years of fruitful ministry, almost everyone on the island of Anawa, where Patton ministered, were converted. Let me ask you, what are you doing for Christ? What are you doing for Jesus? There's a joy in serving Jesus. Oh, I wish I had joy, Pastor. you got to get a you have to have a purpose bigger than yourself. Serving Jesus is worth it. It will be worth it all when we see Christ. All trials will seem so small when we see Him. One glimpse of His dear face, all sorrow will erase. So let us bravely run the race till we see Christ. Let's pray. Dear Father, thank you for this day. And Lord, I do pray that you would help us to Realize there's joy in serving our Savior, Jesus Christ. What a wonderful Savior we have. Lord, I thank you for the opportunities you've given me over my lifetime to be able to serve in different areas. Lord, it's been a, 
a blessing. Sometimes it's been hard. But Lord, you've been there and given the grace and the strength that I needed to get through. And Lord, I thank you for your mercy. And Lord, for these people that are here today, perhaps some have missed out on the blessing, the joy of serving you. Lord, I pray today that the message has stirred their heart and that today would be a new beginning, that they would begin to look for opportunities to serve you and to serve others, to show others the love of Jesus Christ, to help others who are struggling, help others to lift up their hands unto you. Lord, I thank you for your word and what it does to encourage our hearts. Lord, if there's one without Jesus today, I pray they'd hear the message of the gospel, how that your son, Jesus Christ, came and died on the cross for their sin. All are sinners. There's no one that's perfect. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. The free gift. And today I pray that if there's one without Jesus, that today they would come and receive him as their Savior. Lord, we thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'm going to ask that you stand. We're going to sing a song of invitation. Softly and tenderly, page 280. Softly and tenderly, Jesus is calling, calling for you and for me. If you're here today and, and you're not sure you're